Okay, it's Craigell in rugby. We're at the European edition, the final pool game of the season. And the NSI team are just leaving the field just with 10 minutes to go before kickoff. William, we've been on a bit of a losing run since we last podcasted together. Um, hopefully, we can bring them some luck today. Well, I don't really think they need a lot of luck today. They just uh, need a nice, tight, precise performance. Uh, bonus point win. Everybody else has done it against these guys in their home games. They've also distinguished themselves, NSI, in two great wins in Sochi, uh, playing Newcastle and Brave. So they're no pushover, but I would expect Connacht's strong side out today to, to put this away and set up some sort of a quarterfinal. Indeed. It is typical Galway weather. It's a bit wet. It's a bit windy. But um, hopefully we'll do the business and we'll talk on 20 minutes. Okay, William, 20 minutes in. We're leading 8-0. What's your thoughts? Um, Yeah, it's a good open game. We're playing nearly all of the rugby. And um, we've been nice and precise. And, yeah, it's a good, good enough start. Yeah, we'll talk again at half-time because there's not much else to say. <laughs> OK, William, bonus point by half-time. Um, game over. It looks like uh, Breve are losing as well. So it's all looking good for Connick. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Um, ben and are very brave, but they're lacking, really, and... Kind of exploited that well. I think it's 12 penalties and one man in the bin. And it could have been more men in the bin, not for a foul play, just panicking in defence a little bit. So it's just a matter now of keeping up the work rate. They've been nice and precise in what they've done. One worry again, the goal kicking has been uh, pretty lamentable. It's just, you can't, I think, one kick over two, maybe two. Two kicks. Two kicks, that's just not good enough. Uh, and for, for a game like next week, you're going to have to take those chances but so far so good and Robbie Henshaw coming into the game now a little bit more there's a slow enough start but he's settling well yeah it is, it is a bit of a dodgy old breeze here so we might give them that and the kicks have been from the sideline <laughs> you're going soft Alan <laughs> ok William it's 63 minutes now the, the tries have been flown which is why we forgot to do it on 60 minutes but it's 40 points to 5 and it's um, looking good yeah, it's looking very good and this game is put to bed at half time and they've kept the pace up in the second half which I would suggest was Pat Lamb's final words at half time uh, they, they haven't eased off they've kept trying to play at speed and they've kept the accuracy pretty much NSI are working very hard but they are, they're quite limited but they're a game, they're a game bunch and it's quite enjoyable stuff actually because it's moving at speed and the referee's having really decent game he's, he's picked up everything offsides and knock-ons and forward passes he's, he's on top of the game and uh, that's helped it move yeah, good stuff we'll talk again on full time that was... That was the crowd thinking that the kick had been missed yet again, but it, it went over. It's full time. And that's the score, William. Good result in the end. Yeah, good result in the end. 
did what was expected of them, did it quite well, kept the pace up in the second half. NSI worked hard, very limited. And I think you just take this result, take this competition now and park it very quickly. But there was stuff to like there. Indeed. And it looks like Bree are not going to get their results, so we're, we're definitely through. It's only a case of whether we go to Edinburgh or Grenoble, and we'll know that later on. the post-game section of the podcast and we haven't even talked beforehand because I just said let's get into this I have to go home Seth and William introduced it we no, I mean like we haven't done our usual quick chat before we get the rest of the court yeah, we don't need you jeez <laughs> let's, let's just save that one for yeah, well, uh, yeah, and William realised that you know the last time we won a game was when myself and William did the podcast so you know we figured out Connacht asked us to be back and get, our, get the, the good vibes going again <laughs> Dave doesn't even want to comment on that I'll just introduce you Dave and you ignore what was just said oh well, it's nice to be back on a podcast. Some of us don't get to go to. Well, some of us don't get to go on foreign trips. Yeah, that's a, that's a sore spot in the Craggy Island rugby crew. Did. Um, yeah. We we had yeah. it lined up that you go to Jersey, but you just had to pay yourself and then send us the receipts. Uh, we kind of clashed with a game. First of all, that clashed with a game that was on here, as tends to be the way. And um, to be fair, well, I look look at it this way. I'm. It looks like I'll try and get to the quarterfinal, whether especially if it's in Grenoble. You're going to be an Ulster with us. We've lined up Belfast for you. Um, if that's played on a Friday evening, no, I won't. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. We'll have to work that out. Hopefully, we'll be. We'll all stay up. We'll have a great crack. William Davis, what do you reckon tonight? 45 points to 5. And thanks to Newcastle, Connacht are true. I think he's playing his 47 points to 5, actually. Um, strangely enough, we kicked, a, we kicked a conversion, which is a bit of a rarity. Um, we did what we had to do, and it was a much more enjoyable game than I thought it was going to be. And there was a very good crowd. And they were brave and determined, but very limited. But it was—it had a much better feel to it than I thought. Maybe three o'clock Saturday is the time we should be playing more games. There was a good buzz here. Good news is we're doing it again next week. NSI have done kind of quite a favour in this pool because let's be honest, those two wins over Breve and Newcastle—the reason why we're going through the quarterfinals—they did indeed, yeah. And Newcastle did as a favour today too, um, getting their win. So you know, it was, it was a proper pool, wasn't it? Home teams won all their games more or less. I think we were the only ones who got a decent away win. Um, so you know, it was a proper pool as the European rugby you would have thought would meant to be, where you know the home teams do their job, and it's a case if you can get away win, you deserve to go through, and we did. I asked Pat Lamb about the possibility right at the end of the press conference. I asked him because we'll hear the full interview uh, later, separate to that. But right at the end of the pool press conference, I asked him about the possibility of a quarterfinal being a slight distraction. Do you want to hear his en- answer to that? Just hear his answer to that. Um, ideally, would like to be down there with. Um, uh, of our full complement of, of guys to choose from, and um, and um, you know I'm, I'm still a, an optimist that we our injuries are going to get better, and we'll have uh, you know, more guys on board. And but um, yeah, if we arrive there and, and we got everyone in good shape and we have got a good squad to pick from, then it'll be good. To do, you know, um, but you know can't control it, so we'll see what happens then. So there you have it, Alan. His general consensus being no, uh, unless possibly. Uh, he wants to go into it with a full squad was his point so I think what he's saying is it could be a distraction if we have a, uh, an injury crisis like we did before otherwise it's just what he needs you know in terms of rugby for the lads that time of year rugby in April that's when he wants it well yeah assuming everybody's fit but you know you're talking about we'll have played Leinster and Munster, Ulster and then we play Munster so and that game would be right in the middle of that run so you've got three inter-pros 
and then the European game. So I suppose if the squad is big enough and a lot of them have got good game time and they'll want to be able to give guys game time, like that's that's the, the flip side of you know you hear people talking about fellas getting rest. But you know these are professional rugby players; they want to be playing rugby. And if you have a squad of forty odd guys, you know how can you play them all? You can't play everybody, especially now that the, I'm assuming the Eagles lost today and they're out of their competition. So there'll be fellas looking to looking to get games, and, and everybody seems to have stepped up pretty well this year. So why not? Why not? We'll be we'll be fifth seeds. So if we win the quarterfinal, which we could do in Grenoble, we'll have a home semi-final. So that's not a bad position to be in. It's not really, but uh, look, <laughs> it'll still be a tough ask with the amount of rugby playing three under provincials and an away quarterfinal is a big ask for Connacht. And the other interprovincial teams will probably have had a little cushy week off there to get ready for us because I don't think Leinster or Munster are going to be in Europe and I don't know I don't know exactly where Ulster's situation is but that's so far away at this stage that this competition will now be parked it's just it's just over it's gone you, and you just write down the fixture and start concentrating on the Pro 12 from next Saturday on Here's the post-game interview starting with Pat Lamb and do you know why I say starting with it's the only post-game interview here's Pat Lamb Pasha, when you consider four tries first half, four tries second half, fairly solid performance from start to finish today from Connick. Yeah, it was very pleasing. I mean, we, um, I think one of the things that we highlighted this week was that we feed this game around points. You know, last time we played in here, we played a great, you know, instead of talking about great starts and, and performing well and so forth, we said, look, whatever it takes to win points. Now we know how that happens. And we, we played Ulster, we had 10 minutes of great rugby, but no points. And so um, it was, you know, to get the job done in the first 40, um, as far as the bonus point go, that was, it was great and, and fair play to Mole. You know, we had we won the toss. Uh, we normally go into the win first, um, but Mole just said to me, I think we should get take it and, and get into them straight away. And, and then he just rallied all the boys and said, look, if we're going to take this win, it's my call. We're going to have to raise the tempo. We're going to have to, um, you know, uh, speed the game up. We're going to have to be accurate. And uh, I think the boys responded well to him. I think it opens up the possibility now of a home semi-final. So I suppose for all the problems of having to be away in the quarter-final, it's not a bad outcome at the end of the day and it's something to really target. I think the fact we're in the final, the playoffs is the most important thing. I think, you know, well, if I, I suppose if I reflect back on the uh, on this competition, there's been there's been some real challenges, some real adversity. And, we, you know, at times, and certainly we made it hard for ourselves, but just to get through it was a great relief and, uh, and, and it was a great outcome for, 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 this, for the squad. Um, you know, certainly... Particularly when you consider December, November, December, January is not our ideal time of playing rugby. Uh, the type of conditions we get, but um, to get through and uh, is, is pleasing. And you know, the quarterfinals in April, we can now park it, focus on the Pro 12. You know, it's our 15th game in a row, and um, and uh, we look forward to picking it up in April. And it looks like it'll either be Grenoble or Edinburgh away. And um, you know, certainly for us, both both those sort of trips would be exciting for us, and one that we believe we could uh, we could do well. It's quickly to change the attention, but you know how much momentum can you take into this Scarlets game, and how big a game is this next weekend? Oh, I think we, it is a big game. The momentum, uh, the confidence. I think you know there's a lot of frustration in the, the games that we played. You know we um, you know we certainly created a lot of opportunities that we just didn't finish, and that was the theme that let's finish, let's finish some things off. And it wasn't you know there's still things we could work on. I think you know they got their five points on the back of two errors, um, you know discipline. Uh, which had been good in the first half, and they got down into a half, and our more D's been great, and then we we didn't we didn't execute well at all, and and five points, and and I think there was a little hint of of you know the sort of things that does let us down.
and you know and uh, unforced errors. So, uh, but overall, I think it now gives us that uh, we'll be back here. Same, the pitch should be the same. We're expecting the conditions to be the same. Um, but we played some really good rugby, and there's a lot of good skills. When you look at the goal kicking the last few weeks, that's probably a slight concern going into this game. And, and a lot of games have been lost in the last five minutes. Kicking could be crucial against uh, Scarlet. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you know, the goal kickers know. You know, my expectations they get 100. percent They nail it. And same with the, the hookers when they throw the ball. I expect them to nail all the lineouts. But there's no one more disappointed when uh, disappointed than uh, you know the, whether it's than the player themselves. So the challenge for them is how do they, you know, how they go about trying to improve that and improve that and get that right. But we all know. We you know we we all know. Know that it's a big area in the game, and uh, and that's the challenge for uh, for the kickers. Are you calling this a must win next week? Oh, I think it's it's not necessarily a must win, but it's a it's a win that um, that in this big scheme of things will help set us up nicely before we go into a break. Um, you know, Scarlets are one. If we want to keep in touch, we're in the top four. If we can beat Scarlets here, then it keeps us uh, in, in that top four, and we stay in, stay in control of that. Um, so yeah, it's it's certainly a, a game where we uh, we definitely want to win. How long before you know about your four internationals that are involved today? Who who will be available? What do you know at the moment? Yeah, we'll know uh, Joe uh, later in the week, um, uh, early next week. You know, Joe's uh, communication's been uh, been really good. You know, we've, 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 he's kept me informed uh, of what, what things are. I think um, we're all pleased that Robbie got a, a really good eighty minutes out there. Nathan White got a good good game, uh, good game time. Karen rightly so got uh, man of the match. He controlled everything extremely well, and Alton put in a good 80, 80, uh, 80 minutes as well. So, um, you know, um, um, I want all four of them uh, not to be here, uh, if you like. I think it's important, uh, but uh, it'd be great to have them. If they're not, it's a, it's a bonus. It's a win-win either way. You know, I think um, uh, part of our goals as Champions Cup and to have four guys in a Six Nations squad from Connacht is, is fantastic. Let's uh, put a end to this uh, chat about this match. Have you included the uh, interview with the NSI fan in your match day stuff? Well, I'm the editor, so I'm asking about what I've done in the future, really, here. Should well, we include it? Well, then have a listen and decide... Is it separate to the match, day, match audio? Should I include it right now? It's up to you, Rob. You're the main man. Well, we just put it in now, then. Go for it. Here's an NSI supporter that Alan caught up with. And William. Alan and William caught up with. <laughs> I'm a little off my game here today. <laughs> no. Link. Edit in Link. Well, Connacht have uh, won that game. Uh, very enjoyable game it was. And I'm with probably the only NSI STM fan in the ground. Andy, who hasn't travelled from Krasnorsk. He's come down from Dublin. He's originally from Latvia. So I want to ask him, how did he enjoy that? And how does he support NSI? That's to be fantastic game. Fantastic time, you know. Uh, is it big, big experience for the NSI? Is it the first Russian team who get uh, some experience in European rugby? Yeah, yeah. That's to be we all happy <laughs> because they're growing up, you know. I know uh, Inise and Connect, they're very friendly. They have a lot of friendly matches before. And uh, what I can say, thank you very much for Connect. But they, they give them big experience and big chance in Europe. And, and how come you came to support them? In the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but why why you support? You're you're from ah, Latvia. Yeah, yeah. My my friend play in that uh, rugby team okay. in the NSA. That we come support them and meet them, like for the great time, you know. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Do you play any rugby in Ireland? Uh, no. Uh, when I come in Ireland, I'm finished with rugby. <laughs> I have few few some maybe one or two years in. Uh, 
Dublin Alsa Rugby Club and uh, I make some volunteer job with kids in Malahide Rugby Club uh, for some years. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Andre. No uh, glad you enjoyed it. Why is you in the sports ground now? Uh, you were saying the PA is a little bit uh, less volume than usual although the way they announced the Amanda match I actually had to stop commentating because he was taking over the commentary to announce Kieran Marmion and the reaction from the bench was hilarious was it? John Muldoon just threw his hands in the air going no not again <laughs> oh, it was very funny <laughs> yeah it was very good alright Dave uh, let's, let's wrap this up while the Sam Moore comes around uh, quarterfinals we'll take that away from home we'll see who we're playing we'll know later you're in the competition you worry about you can only play what's in front of you you take you, you make your you put yourself in the position to win games and in this type of competitions you win games by qualifying you know if it goes, all goes well you get a home quarter final you know if you make any sort of mistake along the way you're in danger of not making it at all we made mistakes along the way but we're still in the competition That's, and I'm with William Parker forget about that it's well done congratulations pat on the back have a beer tonight uh, one beer and then go off and focus on playing Italy. don't worry this podcast isn't ending we've got lots more to talk about but anyways yes you do yeah and you also have the situation that if, if for whatever reason the league stuff does mess up it is still away into Europe next year, which just hasn't been before and won't be again. So you still have that, you know, incentive in that if you know if things don't go well next week or you know things don't go well in the the away matches that we have because like we've had three three away matches during the Six Nations. So like it's going to be tough. I know other teams are going to lose players, but you know we're still in a situation where it's nice to have an out. And I still maintain I would prefer to have an away quarterfinal with the chance of a home semi-final than a home quarterfinal where you have to go to Gloucester or Harlequins and with refereeing the way it is and with the, with the way those games usually go it's a very hard place to win. So I'd rather it's, it's a better opportunity to get to the finals. That's my theory. William, final thoughts on the Challenge Cup so far up until this point until we talk again in April. We're in the quarterfinals and... Uh... That was what was expected. I suppose the only disappointment is that we have... I actually think it's slightly disappointing we haven't got a home one because it would have just generated a lot of interest, but that's the way it's, that's the way it's happened. And I think they will have almost forgotten about it now. Right. You may have heard earlier when we were talking to Pat Lamb. Um, we were talking about a certain big game coming up next week, so let's have a musical sting and then let's get to the final section of the podcast, which is all about Scarlet. What a big one that is. Okay, so you've heard Alan already talking about kicking percentages in this game, 38% in the last five games. I use that in the competition as well. Good style, Alan. And it's got worse today. It has. We're only 33% today, so that's the second time this season we've hit 33% at home. Uh, the last time was against Ulster, and we lost that game. Here's another insert from Pat Lamb, and it'll, it'll start our chat about the Scarlet's game. He spoke about the fact that he wanted his bench to have a better impact coming off the, uh, off the bench, or coming onto the field in the, in the second half, because he felt that was an issue in Breve. And that's interesting, because it ties into the fact that we've lost a lot of games in the last 10 minutes so you must have been pleased with the impact of the subs Tom comes on and almost immediately goes over for a try George comes on sets up the mall for another try it's, it seemed to be seamless today as it compares to some of the previous yeah, yeah you're right today well, I, I, I actually said that uh, to Dave have to tell Ali to uh, he owes him a beer because he called, he called that once this made Tom come on uh, that play and um but it was good to see Tom was worried. He, was going to, he did that in Treviso when he came on. I was worried about his hamstring, but he, he got there in the end. But I, I mentioned to... We, we talked about it as a squad. I said part of our success right at the, in the first part of us winning games was the impact of the bench. And we said the last few few games, particularly last week, our, uh, we weren't making the same sort of impact. So we put a bit of emphasis around the preparation uh, of the bench. And then uh, and I had a chat with them before we, before we went out uh, today as well. Because um, if you come out trying to make an impact, just trying to make a difference on your own, it, it, it kills us. 
Whereas if, if I'm going to make a change, it's either injury, someone's tired, or we need to get back into our systems or structures. So that's what I need them to bring the energy into that. And, uh, and that's what they did. So, uh, you know, big kudos to the whole 23. Great question from Dave. Yeah, well, I think it was significant because when the, the two points were, I had actually just keyed in that Tom had come on my lookup and he's crashing over the line. Same thing with George. George comes on, he's taking the line out, and they, we set up the mall to go these try. So it, 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 you need those guys to make impact because otherwise, if, you're, if Pat's all about systems, and any breakdown in the system we saw last week, we, we probably played, I mean, we probably had 50, 60, 40, 50% of maximum last week. Still in the game, but it was enough that huge drop off in, in in performance was enough to lose the game. You need your guys to come on and make immediate impacts. Nobody, everybody did today. It was great. I mean, normally you're not going to get that every game. You're not going to get a situation where your sub literally comes on the next. The first thing he does is dot the ball over. That just that happens every now and again. But I think he'll be happy with that. The kicking, oh, it's 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 worrying because it 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 was worrying it. It's something that happens. It was like when we were having problems with the lineout. It was affecting every hooker. There's, you're not saying that well, Aj is kicking, isn't kicking, and Jack is because it seems to be affecting all of them. It was affecting Craig too. Even Daryl Leader was. Um, I don't know how it went with Conor McKeown today. It didn't go particularly well with Shane O'Leary last week. We're talking so, about the Eagles, there, Eagles, yeah. So I, it's very hard to know. It just seems to be. It's not one. What always worries me. It worried me with the hooking with, with the throw-ins was. It's not one guy having the yips. When every player seems to have a problem with it, and especially something like that, which isn't really, you can't plan kicking, you can't put in plans. All you can do is practice. And I know that Pat's come out this week, and it was, uh, was said earlier that he wants them to, to focus, 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 and practice, practice, practice. But it just seems to be, it's mental, and the, the worrying that it's mental not on one player, but on two or three. It's mental, but it's also technique issues. And there's a couple of things they're going to have to address. Then. Uh, Aj McGinty doesn't kick with conviction. It doesn't mean he kicks doesn't doesn't look good, but he, just the way he kicks, it's it's a kind of a high floaty kick style. And you're better off here to keep the ball low at the sports ground, in my opinion. And it's it is a difficult place to kick, and it was a funny win today. But you can't leave points behind. We did it in brief. If you do it next week against the Neckley, you might be coming out the wrong side of the result. And it's interesting in Clenetley we had a 100% success rate with our kicks. Yeah, it's Here. the one game, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. It's a complete outlier. And yeah, we, we talk about our reasons. But like our, our average this year at home is 64%. Our average during the winning streak was 64%. Those figures are still too low. You know, you have to be hitting over 80% if you're going to be very successful. If we really want to kick on and move into the next level of, you know, being in the top four and deservedly being in the top four and being in Europe at the higher table, we need to have kicking percentages much higher than that. I know there's an issue that maybe we're scoring tries in corners and they're very difficult kicks and whatever, but that's, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. These guys are professionals. You know, we one of the best kickers ever in Eric Elwood still on the payroll in here. You know, I know it's not in the coaching role, but surely you can get someone like Eric to come along and, and give a hand because something has to be done. OK, that's a good point. I do, another issue is late games slipping away late on. Uh, I, like you go through them all, there's, you know, in Cardiff they had a chance to win it at the end, they didn't take it. Against Ulster's 3-0 with five minutes to go, they lose it. And Scarlet's as well. Uh, William, these next five games, so Scarlet's uh, at home, Newport away, Zebra away, then what are we looking at? Osprey's at home and Edinburgh away. I can see every one of those games coming down to one score and I also can see us being the better team in every one of those games. It'll all come down to how we play in the last 10 minutes. Uh, that really is a mental issue mm. and it's it's something when it starts to go wrong in a team that 
just starts to bubble away in the background of players' heads and they start to maybe lose a little bit of faith in the system and they, they overplay, but maybe like Ronan Lockney did in Selectly where they do something that's almost inexplicable because they're, they're, first of all, they're a young side. There's a lot of young players in there. That's one issue. Second issue is our record is not good away from home. So there isn't a lot of experience in the dressing room of Connacht closing out these sort of games season after season that... I'm tempted to say the likes of Munster and Leinster did. It, it, it becomes an experience-based thing, and we have an issue with that. But they've got to get a grip on it now. They can't let games slip away like that. I, I thought last week was very poor. I thought Sinekli was very poor. There's no excuse, 90 seconds to go. You have to know what you're doing, and you have to have conviction and belief in how your system is set up. Last week was definitely very, very poor, but I thought Connecticut was really, really good, apart from that one mistake at the very end. But I'd like that you're talking about, they, they came back, they had some... They did win it in the last few minutes and then lost yeah. it. Yeah, which is, which is not something we've been doing before. We haven't gone away, had decisions like we had go against us. We're over the line three times. One of them was definitely a try. The other two, you could sort of go either way, um, but probably weren't tries. But you, you know, you're in a situation where you've been over the try line four times, away from home. That, that's not something Connacht have done on a regular basis. Well, they scored three tries last week away from home. They still couldn't close it out. It's it just it's it's just something that's going to niggle that's going to niggle away at them if if it happens again. Yeah. And Senecli are going to come here next week uh, with probably a stronger team than you would expect because they haven't got that many people in the Welsh squad, and that's that's an issue. They they're not coming here, whereas the Ospreys could turn up with virtually a second team. But Sinekli next week will be, and there'll be guys trying to play well to get into the Welsh squad because squads rotate round and players get pulled in after the first week of the Six Nations. It's live televised game, so there's plenty of opportunity for Gatlin to watch it. So it's a big, big challenge, and they just have to be absolutely on their game from the start. Um, regarding Clinetley, they are, you're right, they have six players in the Welsh squad, which is ridiculously low for a for probably the, for the top Welsh province or region Tony F6 is but it's where those players are they're missing two hookers three props and both their first choice scrum halves now their back row is going to be strong but the most exciting back the most dangerous back I think is Liam Williams and thankfully he's in the Welsh squad but they're going to have Regan King they're going to have Paddy Parks they're going to have Michael Collins I just think maybe it'll be interesting to see who they bring over a scrum half and who just throw in Liam Williams as well Williams right because they did say it even to us over there that they expect him to be just back in time to play a game there he could be be playing here Um, and it'll be interesting to see who we have left I mean we've got four guys gone off to Irish camp now tomorrow Pat Lamb says he kind of hopes that they're all gone in other words he hopes that they're all involved but I think the fact that Robbie got 80 minutes there we won't see him we won't see him next week I would suggest that the Nathan White no maybe not even Marmion maybe Alton Delan no I would suggest that Joe, Uncle Joe will release two of them, and there'll be the two that haven't pl- didn't play in the World Cup. Oh, Marmion as well. Well, that kind of could do with Marmion, even though Caelan Blade's shown good, but Blade is in second choice now. It'll be Blade starting, I'd imagine. If Kieran's not around, but I, I'd still go back to the fact that we were the better team in in Scarlets 
Um, and that we're going to be playing at home with the home crowd behind us, helping referees make better decisions. That you know we'd be looking at getting a good win in that game. I thought for a young lad, that ref wasn't too bad. I thought he realised he real he realised that they they mean normally you that game would have been ruined with yellow cards. Yeah, fifteen two on the penalty. Would have been ruined with yellow cards. And he, but maybe he did referee them a bit harshly. But he could have absolutely destroyed it by going by going letter to law. And he was like, do you know what? I, I, I'm the one that gives out about refs. I'm going to say I thought he was quite fine. I love the one where they touch judge gives a penalty against the scrum and he just immediately gave the colleague they went oh sorry I, I just presumed <laughs> um, well I actually said that in one of our pieces I think about the 60th minute I thought he had a great game Yeah. because a game like that is difficult to referee they were making a lot of small technical offences but he didn't miss a knock on he didn't miss no. an offside and passes you texted me to passes. tell me that yeah. and he actually picked up on all of them seemed to be in good communication funnily enough he looks like an ex-rugby player Yeah. Uh, he did at one stage get in the way and nearly <laughs> took Caelan Blade out but when some of the refereeing we see is pretty average he had a good game he's maybe an easier game to referee in some ways because it was all one way but he didn't he, he kept talking to NSI and saying look you've got to tidy up your act and he didn't want to be didn't want to show off by saying well I, I binned four of them Aren't I great? He kept the no. and he also kept the game moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that game finished about eight minutes, ten minutes before ahead of the Newcastle game. Now we're not sure what happened in the Newcastle game for that, but no TMO. And do you know what? Every game that doesn't have a TMO is a better game for for officiating. <laughs> Two kind of teams playing at the same time. The B team had a TMO. Yeah, because you're on the SRT. And that's and I, it's, I'm going to get it out of the way now because it has been wrong. I, after the Clinetti game, I sent a an email to Pro Twelve about about three things one can you have a competition which decision which unless every in which certain teams are getting the refereeing conditions on on certain games are not the same two would it not make more sense to have all the officials including the CMO be from the same country so there's a communications issue and third if a referee pulls out would it not make more sense to bring in a referee from the home country at least because because of those communication well, issues and I would like to say I have still not received a reply on any of those issues. So I'm just have you sent that off? Have you? I've sent it off and I haven't heard anything back from them. I want to email them about those bloody clocks last week. There's the new tech clocks they have in the corner on the try line. I didn't feckin' see. Did you say this already? Did you? We discussed this. Just to be oh you've discussed it, okay. We, we did, no we didn't actually discuss it, we discussed it between us, but the yeah. issue was today the wattage of the bulbs was turned down. Definitely. It was. I, it absolutely was and we could actually see the game I'd say look we're not the only ones trying to see what's happening so I'd say that well, the officials think, it would be pretty obvious last week that the people who really made it kicked off would have been the photographers because if you were trying to f- photograph into that it, uh, people are probably going what are they on about let me, just, ta- we let me tell you we were and it was hard to see you could it was re- if you can imagine looking into the far corner and being blinded by the was, clock they were effectively <laughs> weird they were effectively floodlights anyways okay a uh, couple of other issues Ronnie Ayew's leaving interesting comment who, who told me about the comment about uh, it was you, William. Yeah, Pat Lamb had an interesting comment about Rodney Ayew leaving. Uh, read in the press where he was asked about Rodney Ayew leaving. And the gist of it really was, well, i really only interested in talking about people who want to stay here. Mm. Uh, which I thought was a very direct comment following up a very angry interview last week. He, he wasn't just annoyed with the defeat he was angry about the way they'd played and I think he felt that the, the way the systems had fallen down yeah I haven't uh, this is the interview we do with him yeah. and I haven't heard him that angry yeah, he was, at all yeah he was angry uh, John Muldoon was a little bit more reflective but very honest 
It's worth listening to if you haven't listened to the podcast, as all the podcasts are. But we do recommend the Siberian one in particular. He's uh, still getting people going up to him. He's a great job. And I was like, who did you get together? Like, I get no credit. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was an interesting comment from him. And I also feel that the situation with... Robbie Henshaw, I nearly forgot his name, is becoming a bit of a distraction. This has gone on and on and on, and it's becoming... But the fact it's going on has given us real sense that there's a real uh, opportunity for Connacht possibly to, get, to keep him. When, when a few months ago we were told by everyone in the national media, it's a fait accompli, it's done and dusted. Well, well, yeah, well, back to Rodney. <laughs> back to Rodney I, first, and we get on to Rodney. I don't like talking about stuff. No, but see, no, no, oh, well, then in that case, we're no, sticking no, to Robbie. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I can understand well, that. I'm, I'm back. No, the, the, the issue about Henshaw is it has gone on so long that it's becoming a distraction, and they need to get this done. They can't just keep letting it roll on and on and on. And if it goes into the Six Nations, it's just around the team. It's, it's something you don't want. Uh, there's probably issues on both sides, but I'd like to see this put to bed one way or the other. Alan, you don't want to talk about it because... It's, it's, it's not news. Rodney's news. And what was really interesting today was Rodney took a ball up today at one stage, smashed through a couple of tackles, and the crowd did not react because the crowd are not happy that Rodney's leaving. He was one of the most loved players we had here. And every time Rodney used to do that stuff before, the crowd would go, ah, Rodney, ah, yeah, and you got the big huge there. Nothing. Absolutely nothing today. It was frustrating, I thought, just that lying about trophies. I want to chase trophies because it just, it's such a nonsense football line to be talking about trophies. I mean, it technically also have a better chance of winning a trophy perhaps, but not really if we're in the Challenge Cup. But leaving that aside, it just was a nonsense line. And especially since he got a lot of time when he was here. Those first three years, he was dreadful at times. And he got a lot of leeway because there was a lot of belief in him from one Dan McFarland. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, the crowd loved him as well. And we gave him massive amount of support and energy. We cheered him no matter what we gave him time because we knew he was trying. You know, it might not have always seemed that way, but, it, you know, it, because he, he did appear to be blowing an awful lot out there and he seemed to be tired an awful lot. But, you know, we, we just encouraged him the whole lot and he seems to have sort of turned, turned his back on us. And it's the crowd definitely today, I, I felt, just didn't give him any time. OK, just to recap on the earlier part of the answer, Alan doesn't want to talk about Robbie Henshaw because it's not, there's, no, there's no actual news. Do you want to talk about Rodney first? Yeah, I want to have a go with Rodney. Two reasons. I think Rodney may have drunk the uh, Ulster Kool-Aid. I actually think he may, may... I can understand it. This came out from Ulster. So obviously Rodney's going to talk about, yeah, why am I going to Ulster? Not talking about why am I leaving Connacht. The fact is Alan's right. I mean, Rodney... Rodney's a confidence player, and his confidence a couple of years ago was Dyer and Dan and now Pat. Put the faith in him, put the faith in him. He got, an, he got a cap here. Here's the thing, though, that really does bug me about this. When it's about the moving around the resources. We now, it's now almost certain there will be three international tight heads at Leinster next season. There will be none at Munster. There'll be, there was going to be two here, but we've moved, we've been moved, one of ours has been moved to Ulster, so they now have one. The question I'm begging to ask, how is it in the nation's best interest that the three, and let's be honest, the three first, three of the four first choice tight heads in this country are all in one province and they're not, and I think, I think it's, if you're going to move players around, if you want to have five or six international quality players in each position you can't stockpile them at one club and I think there should have been a serious case to be looked at about whether or not it's in the best interest of Irish rugby that all players in one position are at one club Okay, good point. Can yeah. I just talk about Robbie for a second? Alan doesn't want to talk about, but yeah, which is fine. But it's it's nonsense, Alan, because we do have to like we have absolutely stood away from it up until now. But it has got to the point where Robbie's about to go back with Ireland. He's played today. Now's a good time to talk about because he's back in the team. I think we've been as as restrained as we can be. Dave, your thoughts on? Well, that? I think 
I'm kind of uncertain. I totally see where Alan's coming from. We try to avoid speculation. Yeah, but, but we're not speculating. We're not speculating. But I... William was just pointing about this. Gone we, on we, a long we, time. We, we, we were initially... In, well, we didn't say that at the time, but we all thought there was going to be an announcement before the game up in, on yeah. New Year's Day. And there wasn't. So you start to relax a little. There have been rumours going around about reasons why he's going and reasons why he's not going. I, expect, I, I expect a decision to be announced in the third week of the Six Nations because that's when Connick signings are always announced. Okay. It's when always announced. Some people have been saying, William, you don't expect it to go into the Six Nations. Are you expected to go beyond the Six Nations if it goes into it at all? I think it will do. I think it will go. I think it will no, go. I, no, I, no, I'm not. Speculating now. I'm not speculating. I, 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 I think it probably will go beyond. Uh, but I just think it's been a distraction. And that's a good point. It's, it's, but at this stage, you, you just got to move it on. They just yeah. got to accept it. I was rather hoping he might be available for next week. He played 80 minutes today. It's unlikely. Possibly, I suppose the problem next week would be they might be told, yeah, well, you can have him for 25 minutes. I don't know whether we'd well, want you to. You put him on the bench. You, you would if, if you get that. But I can't, I don't think it works like that. The week before an international it doesn't happen unless a player is really. Okay on their, the unfit level and you want to see where he is he certainly got into the game today and he looks raring to go look we're talking about it behind the scenes we're doing our best to find out any concrete stuff and we do we'll talk about it we might even have an emergency bonus podcast when it's announced I think we should we'll get together and, we'll do it, and then we'll make it for up for all the time we haven't talked it'll about be, it and leave, leave the Nationals yeah. rest to speculate <laughs> But Alan won't be allowed to be Alan. part of it. <laughs> <laughs> just to really annoy him. I'm just dealing the facts. I'm just dealing the facts. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yawn, yeah. yawn. I heard that last week. I made yeah, yeah. one minor error in my roundup. I did minor. say it. Minor. minor. John Muldoon signed for one year, year, not two years. Yeah. Well, you'll sign another one year now. Next one, I won't mention it. It was, so, it was so bad, I had to edit it out, you saying it a second time, just so it wasn't completely <laughs> over the top. I, you may have noticed that. I would like to point out that I had it ready to rock and roll for the previous week, but due to an unfortunate... I don't know, for some reason I couldn't transfer it from the device onto the computer. So if I just that happened like, to me, I get abused. So why don't you get abused? Because I'm not you. Oh, well, that's a <laughs> good answer. Any other business? Yeah. This big screen here is a joke. An absolute <laughs> and utter joke at this stage. The colours on it today, it looked like we were playing in the middle of the desert. It was just such a joke. The ref's jersey was fluorescent. It was like he was wearing a fluorescent. He was wearing a, a, those fluorescent orange jerseys. And it was, it, somebody got the hold of the vision control and just went, oh, do you know what, let's take the piss, and went up, to the, went up to the extreme. We were playing on burnt grass with a referee in a fluorescent orange jersey. Did you get it was any, nuts. Did you even get any replays? Because it wasn't a televised game. So. No, there was no replays, which yeah. is, is, is not part of the problem. But there's nothing they can do about that but the fact that at, at any stage probably somewhere between a third and a, qu- a quarter and a third of the screen is not working <laughs> because it just it just they've, please they've got to fix that and that's part of my TMO issue if he's expected to oh, look yeah, at that weekend. that's what he's expected yeah, to look at what happens <laughs> what happens if the bit of the replay actually disappears into a bit of blank screen and then the referee says well I can't actually see anything sort this <laughs> so, thing out so yeah. try Kletley <laughs> game over get a uh, bloody uh, screen beside the pitch that the referee can go and look at the NFL. Hang it's on. that simple. Do we still count that as Alan's uh, any other business? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That. William's any other business? Um, uh, no, I haven't got any. Oh, well, we, you, you call it a joint any other business. Dave always has any other business. He never lets me down. Murad Bushazel. Man made his money from comics. Doesn't live in the real world. Um, I saw this tweet. I, 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 lo- I love this guy. I think I mean I love this guy in terms of he keeps coming up with stuff that just makes me laugh. Um, it's a, it's I mean to to assume that 
A, Toulon would be let go into the English league and B, that the English would get them into the league is just prices. But hey, if he keeps coming up with these mad ideas, he keeps giving us stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of the guys said to me during the week, um, the, the reason they do it is himself, the guy from Bath and the guy from Wasps. They obviously meet when it's coming to this time of the year when the club game is sort of going to go into a bit of quietness because of Six Nations and they pull the short straws to see who's going to be the one to come out and say the most stupid thing to keep, them, <laughs> to keep themselves in the news. Just a slightly odd thing that I I only discovered this. I didn't realise the BBC ITV deal actually starts this year. Yeah, a lot of people didn't realise that. Uh, and you've now got these mad Six Nations kickoff times. 10 to 5, 25 past 3, 20 to 3, uh, 5 past 8... In the, what is all that about? It's obviously something to do with television setups, um, but it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. But I'm also wondering when is RT is, gone? Is it TV3 or is it? Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. I think it's two years time. I think RT, RT lose it, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So over the next deal ends, but it's either this is either the, the penultimate or the last season with RT. Okay, so uh, one other bit of any other business yeah, before you go first. Yeah, because I, this, this, I know it's William's favourite. You know, we when Ireland played England last year, we had the Trefiso game and what the hell, we're it doesn't it make any sense. And we're doing it again. We think we the Ospreys here. But I just went back and just did a quick check. We actually had more fans at the Treviso game last year than we had had the previous year oh. and, and more fans than the average overall our home Treviso game. nonsense. Uh, that's the fans that Connacht claimed were here. I would disagree <laughs> totally with those figures. Um, yes, uh, yeah, I, no, I don't even want to yeah, go yeah, there. We started, a, so one other thing to mention, we started a Super Brew prediction comp- competition. Your son Danny's uh, the uh, man who set that up. So I'm going to get it. We'll, we'll all enter it and we'll, we'll, we'll watch how we do. But and, I want, to, and, I want and you'll listeners. See Rob, you'll see Rob making a prediction the first week, doing really well, and that'll be the end of him making predictions. I keep forgetting, it's hard to remember. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try now because we'll get, we'll get the listeners in as well. And yeah. you know, here's the prize, right? Because we don't have any sponsors. Prize? I know. Prize? Here's the prize the, the, the winning listener gets to be on our podcast for the, the episode. Well, I'm in all the time. <laughs> You're not going to win now. As, as for us, the, the winner of our group gets to be off the podcast. That would be very oh, good. Enough, <laughs> yeah. That works pretty well. Uh, no, my no, any no, other no. business is very quickly I'm just. I'm yeah, just going to say that if, if it is the case that one of the, we lose, that'll be that'll almost certainly be when you go to Treviso, which is a game I almost certainly won't get to. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the winner gets on the Treviso podcast. That'd be fantastic. Anyways, I remember no. this is the Six Nations you're talking about, the Six Nations Prediction League. And it's nice and simple. All you have to do is predict who's going to win a match and by how many points. That's it. Yeah. No more complications. Yeah, what if you think it's going to be a draw? Um, you can have that You as can well. call the draw. Um, slightly more importantly, how do people go about doing this? I'm going to put it on Twitter, on our at Craggy Rugby Pod Twitter account. You'll have all things. It'll be also on our Facebook page. Search for Craggy Rugby Pod. We have a Facebook page. I need to use oh, it a bit more. Nothing. The communications level from you is as good as the communication levels from Pro 12 and ERCC. Well, there you go. Okay, so uh, on that bombshell, I, I did want to rant about the IRFU, but I'm just, I can sum it up in one thing. I hear that they're making another trip around the country talking to 52 rugby clubs about the future of Irish club rugby again. <laughs> but my point is quite simply, they went, they went around the country last uh, two years ago, talked to every club, and they came up with five divisions of ten teams. Great plan, lads. Uh, just forget about talking to clubs. Show some leadership. Use your, use your guys up there and just, just come up with something that the clubs can vote on. Stop just... Consulting. That's it. Trick of good leadership, Rob, is to call a meeting. Call a meeting. In every club in Ireland. Take them another year, another few grand. I'm calling a meeting. Bar Dancing Girls. Bar Dancing Girls. (laughs) Okay, let's do this. We have loads of time, because it's like only 7 o'clock on a Saturday evening. See you next week, folks.